Welcome, everyone, to the Per Low Podcast, top 10 lists from the South Carolina Low Country. It is finally episode 31. We lied to you and said we were going to bring you episode 31 during season one, but here we are a couple months later starting season two, and finally bringing it is Mathis. We are what you would call an unreliable narrator. (laughs) Adam. Good to be back, Sean. Drink at home for the literary reference. (laughs) <laughs> and the Sean reference. And I'm your host, Shane. If you've never listened to Perlow Podcast, if you've been living under a rock and avoided season one because of COVID, each week I provide these guys a topic. They take that topic, make a top 10 list. They take that top 10 list, deliver it to me, and then I announce them on our broadcast here, and they react to each other's top 10 lists and their own. I also provide notable omissions. Tonight's topic is what we were going to do to end season one, but weren't able to. So that's how we're going to start season two, and that's unbreakable sports records. And I know everyone is excited because a nice sports one to get in nice and easy to season two. Oh, yeah. No question, man. You want to make sure you start it in your wheelhouse. That's where we're at right now. <laughs> we are a sports podcast, as everyone knows. Yeah, because we're, so, we're so athletic. I mean, basically, I look like I main, I'm, I'm mainline with Crisco is what I'm looking like right now. In football cool. terms, we're running jet sweep on the first play because that's what we're good at, right, Knights? Yeah. Sh- shout out to the bald guy in Cane Bay right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. City shout out. Speaking of, first shout out goes to Camden, South Carolina. We appreciate you listening this fall. Also, shout out to the top city in the world right now, Philadelphia. Thank you for listening. El Paso, Texas. We've got a new listener or listeners from El Paso. Hope you don't go to Juarez. And then finally, Andalusia, Spain. We appreciate the Spaniards listening in. Yeah, southern Spain. Okay. Wow. Okay. Big time in it, man. I like it. We've gained a lot of listeners since we've last uh, aired a, um, a Perlo podcast episode. We're very excited about that. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We hope to give you some great content this season on season two. But it wouldn't be a start of season two on November the 17th, 2020, without talking about the election. Go ahead, guys. Let them have it. Oh, here's how we lose all our <laughs> listeners. All of them go away now. I mean, listen, I mean, I, I'm left of Lennon, so therefore everybody knows where I, where I was at. But I just think it's great that we're still arguing like two weeks after. It's like basically this is like a mini series at this point. Um, it's awesome. Videos are out now. There's random protest over an election, which I don't understand. Like an election is not like an event you didn't see coming. It's not like it popped out like an injustice. It just somebody won and somebody lost. Like that's all that happened. It's great. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, that's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I've, uh, basically shut down reading the news for a little bit. And I've uh, decided I'm just going to be surprised in January who's the president. I've decided to just treat it like a, uh, like a surprise party. Like, whoever's standing up there on Inauguration Day, I guess that's the president now. What's going to happen on be be- 20th? Only thing would be better would be, like, if they wheeled a cake out and then, like, ancient, like, 97-year-old Joe Biden pops out of it with, like, little tassels on his nipples. It would be awesome for Gamble. Yeah, I, think I still think they're all going to take off their lizard masks on Inauguration <laughs> I think they should do it like a like a gender reveal. Go out there with like a big popper. Nah, see, I, I think it's I think it's going to be lizard. The lizards expose themselves. They explain that it's been a it's been a simulation the last four years. 
and then all of us wake up in our jobs where we were the last four years. That's that's what's gonna happen. Hey, can you can, can we talk about how like masochistic you have to be to go to an inauguration though in Washington D.C. in January? Like, hey man, let's go out and see a guy give a speech when it is negative twenty five outside. Like, like all the, uh, it, it's like all those protesters and the crying lady when Trump got elected in twenty sixteen. I'm like, why would you go? Like, why? Why there to yell? And for no, I mean, what what is to be gained? Well, not only that, like you can watch it on TV. Like we have this magical invention that you can turn on and from the comfort of your own home, yell at your screen. It's about as effective. I do it all the time. Most people do it when they listen to this podcast. I've heard some people have sprained their fingers trying to, like, hit their phone to make it stop spewing most, this idiot. Mostly my brother. Mostly my brother. <laughs> Has he counted up the Andy Griffith fishing scene yet? Because I'm waiting on this phone call. No, he's, he's far too concerned being angry about other things, mainly the Gamecocks. But Yeah, how yeah. are we not talking – far more important, the Gamecocks are going to get a new football coach, and we yeah, all welcome are. Coach Bobo for his long tenure at South Carolina. I, for one, welcome Mark Richt as our new head. <laughs> I think he and defensive coordinator Gene Chizik are going to be <laughs> Gene Chizik's going to be the head coach. I'm sure Marcus Lattimore will call great plays in his first ever time being a college football player. Uh, well, he won't they... call plays until year three after they let Ricky Bustle go. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, after today, I think Connor Shaw's going to be the head coach because Twitter anointed him the head coach after his two-minute interview about being a quarterback's coach. We live in we live in an insane world where people just can say any idea they want on the internet and everybody's just like, yeah, that's a valid thought. Yeah. Basically I heard Connor Shaw's speech was consisted of, I had a really good time drinking five points while I went to school here. You should go to school here too. That's basically what that speech was. It was great. It was awesome. I like but it's better, than what I've, it's, it's better than what I've been seeing, which is Carolina should enjoy sucking. That's yeah, I know. What, yeah. I didn't understand that at all. They were like, you're lucky that you even have a football team. <laughs> you should be happy that you even have sports. And, and like I said to you guys, I was like, everybody forgets that Florida, as a program until Steve Spurrier showed up, they had won nothing, nothing in the history of their program. Yeah, like the national coverage of this has been, hey, Carolina, you've never been good. You're not going to be good. Just be glad to give you a ball in referees. Like, I mean, don't try to get better. I mean, Muschamp had his time. And, like, they want to come – which this is a whole new topic, which we probably need a whole separate thing for. But, like, it's not like this is like a, a snap decision. They've been bad for a little while now. Look, they, they gave him his time, and, I mean, it comes down to wins and losses at the end. He Facilities-wise, did a lot of great things while he was there. But, I mean, and, and from all accounts, he's a great guy, and everybody likes him. It just didn't work out. It happens. And now there's 13 million reasons to go away. Well, well, he ain't leaving empty-handed, so, you know. <laughs> well, according to Wikipedia, Florida has two unclaimed national championships in 1984 and 1985. Yeah, but they're on probation. They got stripped from everything. I don't even know what that oh, is. The, oh, the, U, the USC model. I yeah, in, in 84 and 85, they actually won the SEC on the field, but because they were just, like, paying people in front of cops or whatever they were doing. They just they got vacated. <laughs> that was like, like that was like SMU the Pony Express. You got a payroll to meet. Yeah, they were they were payroll to meet. But if you go look up their coach at the time, Galen Hall, Sean's boy, he does not look like the head coach of an SEC program in 1984. Are we making Galen still? Is that still like a name that we have, or like did that just go? To, Galen Hall, the great Penn State OC. I'll did be that happy. Go to, 
I'll be having that, that, next couple of years. I can do that. Yeah, that 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 name went the way of like buzz cuts and smoking a pack at halftime. Like I feel like that really went away. I'm gonna send y'all a picture of Galen Hall as the head coach of Florida, and you tell me if this is a man you believe is a leader. <laughs> oh God! Moving on, we got to get to tonight's topic: unbreakable sports records. Let's start with notable omissions. First is Wayne Gretzky, 2,857 points, which is assists plus goals. Uh, I don't watch Canadian television. Um, just putting that out there. Uh, I, I've, I, the times I've watched hockey in my life are few and far between, and I'm always like, this is nice. But, I mean, I have no – it's so lost on me that Gre- Wayne Gretzky is good. It really is. Well, well my, thing about Wayne Gre- my thing about Gretzky is I will, I will say this. If you had to ask me name a hockey player, he's the one name that comes up every single time. Like, and he's, like, he's acknowledged to be better than anybody else who's ever played, which is a weird designation. Because, like, you ask who the best basketball players of all time, you get five different answers. You ask the greatest hockey player, there is but one name, and it's Wayne Gretzky. So, I mean, I don't know if somebody will beat the record. I don't know what it would take to beat that record because I don't know what that record really well, means. Well, to put it in but... perspective, to put it in perspective, he also holds the record for most career goals and most career assists. And if you take away every goal he's ever scored, he still holds the record for most career points in NHL history. Oh, well, again, then obviously I don't think it's going to be broken because, I mean, he played for a long time too, which is – that's the thing about those, like, career records is when you start thinking about when people could, like, you know, not – like, Wilt Chamberlain could have not played for half his career. He would still lead, you know, the forever rebound or something like that. Like, that's impressive. And obviously Gretzky is too. Next notable omission, high school football coach John McKissick, 621 wins. Oh man, that was that's a huge oversight by us. Yeah, absolutely. Because I did this in my head one time. I was, if not the youngest, one of the youngest head coaches in South Carolina. Shout out, self shout out, take a drink. Um, and at 25 years old, I would have had to win 10 games a year until I was roughly 80 to catch him. And I was like, that's insane. Yeah, I'm only like, 611 wins away from time. Yeah, like that's – I mean, to, and again, and Somerville was not what you knew – like what we all know Somerville is to be now. Like they weren't the biggest school in the state when you went there. And they were just consistently excellent. I mean, and I think it's almost – it's a shame too that you see these lists on max preps and stuff now – and he's not up there, and that's ridiculous. Agreed. I mean, it's it, it, it like he was like 50th on Max, but I know, are you serious? The man is the all time lead winner ever. Like, it's people don't give him enough credit, and that is a record that's never going to be broken because nobody's staying at that long. No, and no, no school will let anyone say that long. He had he was an old timer in the 70s, he had been coaching for 20 years in the 70s. No one will coach at any place that long. No one will just be in coaching that long anymore. It just doesn't yeah. happen. And you're right. Nobody's going to give somebody the time. No, no yeah. one will get the time anymore. Yeah, I mean, nobody's got the pay. And, and, and granted, he didn't lose much, but I'm sure there were a couple losing seasons in there. And, like, the thing is, people now want to jump the gun so fast, but yet that's how you get to 600 wins. You get when it cycles back through and suddenly you win that many games. So, you know, yeah, that's, I don't think anybody's going to touch that one. All right. Next notable omission: Barry Sanders, five 1500 yard seasons. 
in today's football, maybe not, but that speaks more to how football is played now versus how great Barry Sanders was. I, I think Derrick Henry could touch that at some point in his career. It's uh, my thing is, and I think Barry Sanders is the greatest running back to ever play football. I really believe that in my soul. Um, you know, I just, but still, I don't. I think that's a record that could fall because five. You have somebody who really gets hot with a coach who really believes in doing those kind of things. It could happen. Let's look at sure. Derrick Henry's career stats because now I want to put that in perspective. Derrick Henry had one fifteen hundred yard season in his five five years. Really? Yep. It feels like he's just running over people endlessly. And he ran fifteen. And he ran for fifteen forty. Here's the question: Like, how Terrell Davis ran? Did he? He? How many? I wonder how many he had because I feel like he had two. Like he had multiple fifty over fifteen hundred yards. Short career span, man. Like in terms of his whole time, like he had maybe three. But all, but like all running backs have short career spans now. No, but I'm saying just like in general, like even. Well, I mean, Frank Gore is proving you wrong right there. That's a good point. Well, he had three. Terrell Davis had three. Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson, those guys have been in it forever. Jamal Lewis had a pretty good run. Warwick Dunn, like, you know. But uh, Ter- Terrell Davis, he probably had maybe two back-to-back years being really solid. But also, everyone that ran behind the Denver O-line had a 1000 year. Ruben Drone. People say that, but can you imagine if Ruben – like, TD was different than all the rest of those cats, though. Like, yeah, he was the only one that was, like, good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My thing is – but my, the thing about could it be broken is, is there a guy – is there a scheme? Is there a team that could let that happen? I think it's, I think it's catchable. Um, you know, obviously it's not easy, but I think it could happen. And also, Barry Sanders was the – was helped out some by the fact of the Detroit Lions had the most god-awful receiving core in the hit. Like, Herman Moore and those dudes, like, come on, man. Like, and when Charlie Batch was the quarterback, like, come on. I mean, he was whoa, getting the ball whoa, everything. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't hate on Charlie Batch. Great backup for the Steelers. All right, looked up Terrell Davis. He had three consecutive. Yep. Exactly. So, he had so I'm thinking 1750, he had 2008, and then that following year, he had 211. Wow. That's when he hurt his, he hurt his knee. Something yeah. like that. Even if you don't know, it's a good guess. He's stud. And the last notable omission Georgia Tech football scoring 222 points in a game. The best part of that story is that Heisman went into the locker room and told his team that you can't let him come back on you. You got to play just as hard as you had it in the first half. And it was 147 to zero at the half. Yeah. Oh, God. I, yeah, I that's never haven't scored that in a season. Yeah. I, I, I've coached several of them. So I know exactly <laughs> what that like it's, the, Yeah, that, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's. That one will never be broken. Not even, not not even if you play like fifteen minute quarters on Madden. On rookie here's players. a better There's question: no could, could you think about this? How many times did they have to run down the field? Like just the amount of time played in a game. I'd love to see that broken down to how many times you would have to just run up and down to get that many touchdowns. Like that's insane. How many touchdowns is that? I'm Let's not look. good at math. We know. <laughs> Yeah, not my not my literally none of us are in anything other than like liberal arts. How would we know? Thirty one touchdowns. Thirty one good lord. That's more than we've scored in a season or two. Yeah. Thirty one touchdowns. That's amazing. All right, let's get into the list. Number ten for Mathis, Usain Bolts, nine five eight hundred meter dash. I like it. 
to put that into perspective, like he, I must say, oh, he only broke it by, you know, I think he broke it by like almost like 0.900 or something like that. And it's like, but that is so big in the hundred. Like when you look at world records dropping by, dropping by, you know, a hundredth of a second to drop it by how much he did. And he broke his own record. Like, first of all, I don't know that we'll ever see a sprinter quite like Usain Bolt ever again with that amount of length and that kind of explosion. I mean, dude was a freak. And I almost put his 200 time down there, which I believe was like a 1919, which is even more insane. Um, you know, it's just it, – it's it tracks always hard because of the, the, the increments of time, but nobody's going to touch that 100 record. Is there anything more fun than watching Usain Bolt at the end when he knows that he has just whooped all these other people and he literally turns around yeah. and stares at him as he's running through the line? He's it is the equivalent of running backwards. Like, he basically is doing the backpedal like you do when you're a kid. Like, hey, I've never done it because I'm fat and slow. But I'm No, sure you and I were always, like, breathing heavily through our mouths just trying to make it through the line. Yeah. I've seen fast kids do it to me. But, I mean, it's like, you know, it's I'm assuming it would be fun. It looks fun. <laughs> Adam's number 10 we'll see later on Mathis's list. So, let's go to Adam's number nine. And to me, this should be number one. Cal this was Rip- just for you. This was Cal Ripken, 2,632 consecutive games played. It's an insane number of games. Should be number one. Just saying. But Let's the thing that low for me is that it's baseball, and people like Jabba Chamberlain pay- play baseball, and that's what really diminishes. <laughs> but like, I mean, I think Farb's longevity streak is a bit more impressive than that. Well, don't like, worry, I got something maybe down the road about that. Oh, oh, I got you. But I say, I mean, I hate to say this. I think Cal, I think Cal Ripken's diminished by that because I think it's more impressive about how like how good he was as opposed to just could he go out there and play every day. Like, I mean. Because he was an all-star. Like, he was that level player. Like, he wasn't just coming to work every day. Like, he was an all-star as opposed like, A.C. Green was the, is the NBA's all-time leading, you know, games played guy. But he wasn't – like, he was a journeyman as opposed to, like, Cal Ripken, who was a legitimate star that played that much. Yes, he was. Thank you, Mathis. Oh, my God. Sean and is – And I mm-hmm. hate baseball, but I think that's worth saying. Cal Ripken is not hateable. Cal Ripken is fantastic. He's a hero. Number nine on Mathis's list is also baseball. Barry Bonds, seventy-three home runs. The only reason the the only reason this will not be broken is because they have taken the roids out of the game. If they if they were letting these cats juice up like they should be able to, could you imagine? Give us give the fans what they want, which is big old gigantic double XL noggins just knocking dingers out of the park. Like, where, where is the fun, people? They're professional athletes. Do what you want. Literally the only time in my life I seriously watched baseball was the uh, Sosa-McGuire run, and neither of them had necks. <laughs> by the way. 30-30 for, by the way. How naive were we as a society to think that they weren't juiced up? Like, McGuire literally looks like he's been just pumping HGH directly into his neck like Frankenstein. Like, he gets bigger on the way up. Like, it's everything about him says, I take roids. We're like, nope, totally clean. Duke taking Flintstone vitamins. That's what causes him to hit that ball 595 feet. Hey, that man eats the steak. He's good to go. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Speaking of 73, that brings us to Mathis's number eight. Golden State Warriors, 73 wins in an NBA season. Well, I mean, at some point, it's going to have to be – I mean, to keep trying to get close to the 
you know, win totals, you're going to have to be undefeated. And I figure eventually, I mean, it, at this, you, you can only lose nine now. Eight? Or eight to beat, yeah. or eight to beat it. Like, I, and I see is the Warriors lost that, lost that year. A lot of the blame was put on, now they should have been put on the fact that LeBron James is a freak of nature, but they put blame on the fact that they were chasing the record and they were so gassed out that I just don't think in the world of load management, that you're going to see that happen again. I just don't think it's going to happen. No, that's a the, – the load management thing is a great point, and I, I totally agree with that one. You will, you will not see that bad boy touched. And also, you're going to start seeing a decrease in regular season games, I think, by professional sports because they're going to find other ways to get revenue. Like the NBA is talking about doing a midseason tournament a la European soccer to help with the load management, cut down games, and increase revenue all at the same time. So I think that will also, you know, increase the hardness of this record being broken. Yeah. All right, number eight on Adam's list we will see later on Mathis's. So let's skip over to Adam's number seven, Tampa Bay. So happy. What? I'm so happy to have this one on here. Tampa Bay, 26 <laughs> consecutive losses. Yes, an unbreakable sports record. No one in professional football will hit twenty six consecutive losses again. Have you seen have you seen the Jets play this year? Yeah, where are the where are the Jets at with that? No, nah, the Jets are gonna mess around and win one, boys. Let me look and see where uh, the Jets are at. Well, the day the Jets will probably win one because they'll play the Steelers at the end and like the Steelers will sit all their players and then like you know they'll end up taking one. Or somebody will COVID forfeit, I'm sure. And but like it's it's definitely – I will say this. The Bucko Bruce, you know, orange Sherbert uniform bucks are just – that was just amazingly bad. They literally had to oh. change how they did expansion teams because of those Bucks teams. They were like, we cannot bring someone in the NFL this bad. Did, have you ever heard the story of – was it McKay was the coach and he went yeah, and talked to the players. And, like, the dude was sitting – some guy was sitting there, and he was talking about – and McKay was talking about how games are won and lost in the trenches, won and lost in the trenches. And some player was sitting back sleeping, and he has, hey, where are games won and lost? And that kid said, right here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> there are so many – there are so many good McKay stories where it's like uh, – he's he has the famous quote, and he's like uh, – well, we didn't block very well today, but we made up for it by not tackling either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, the Jets looked it up. They won their last two games last year, mistakenly. So, now that really hurt their draft position. But it did put them in position to potentially get Trevor Lawrence this year. So Trevor yeah. Lawrence, go back, to Cle- go back to Clemson. Well, play yeah, another year, bud. I'm a Gamecock, and I'm telling you to do that. <laughs> Go back and play another year. Go beat us up next year, but do not do that to yourself, sir. Number seven on Mathis's list is also number six on Adam's list. Brett Favre, 321 consecutive starts. Nobody's going to touch it. That is such a more impressive record. Like, because that's a sport where people attempt to rip your head off and then, you know, defecate in your orifices after that. Like, that's what wow. that sport's about. Wow. Yeah, I went there. I didn't curse though. How you like that Dang. season uh, season two episode one? Like, hey, um, new season, new you, buddy. Yeah, uh, you know, and the best part, I just I just can't imagine John Madden giving the love to old Farvel. You know, Far if he just gets better every single week, and I'll do a terrible Madden, but still. Um, why was know. Why was John Madden from Minnesota just then? I don't know. Brent Farvel is the best damn quarterback who ever done played that game. That's not like the Bears. Yeah, why are, why are we from Chicago? I can't even do anything. I can't even do Minnesota. 
again, I, my, again, I'm, I'm, it's like this guys, would be like a scrimmage. We, we should really not be teaching it here. Guys, John Madden is from Minnesota. Get the he, heck out of here. He's from Austin, Minnesota. Swear to God, I'm Good, looking it up. I, I knew I had it right. Look at that. See, it's perfect. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's such a you response to not, oh, that's an interesting fact. It's like, look, I had it right. How dare you idiots. What are the Dude, odds like of that? It. One in 50, I guess. <laughs> well, I knew he went from Hawaii. There's no question about that. I've seen his tan. That is not – like, he's no, – yeah. He's a red man. No, there's no question. Again, like some other people I know, he gets sunburnt from a light bulb. No doubt about it. <laughs> That's your new line but, right now. But, but, far, but real quick, Favre's streak is so impressive for the reason you said. There were years he would just take a merciless beating out there. Remember the one year he was having to get, like, a stem on his thumb because he had like hit it on people's helmets so much because the Packers like refused to block for him like nope not doing it you can't make us like it doesn't happen that way and he kept on playing I mean that's he's a tough man no question respect the Favre all right moving on Mathis is number six is Adams number 10 Cy Young 511 wins baseball's made it twice for you guys I know, and I really only put it on there because I felt like I couldn't leave it off. They also want to tell you he also holds the record for career losses. Yeah. Yeah, basically he pitched a lot was basically what it came down to. But still, just to go out and do something that many – like, can you name something you've done 500 times in your life? I can think of, like, waking up as being one of them. Like, that's (laughs) basically it. Like – it's just so impressive. And to go out and, like, at a professional level do it, like, you got to respect that guy, even though the sport is just – and it'll never be touched because nobody pitches like that anymore. Yeah, they don't pitch every other day like he did. Nope. No, they don't – and also they don't – because they're not willing to, you know, not have an arm at the end of it. Like, you know, yeah. it's not going to happen. <laughs> no, it, it is an untouchable record, especially the way people manage pitchers nowadays. Yeah, like, we're at – we're at the era where there's five starters. Like, I think when we were kids, there was like a four-starter rotation. Then it became a five-starter rotation. We're, get, we're, on the, we're getting close to the era of the six-starter rotation. Well, not only that, you're not going to get the decisions because starters don't go past the fifth inning. That's true. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like pitch they counts. Don't, like, everybody's got – you know, they get them on a pitch count. So, like, the days of, like, you know, they used to hand Whitey Ford the ball and he would, they would give it, he would give it back after the game was over. Like, that was how you pitched. Like, you didn't have a closer – or a setup man, or a middle reliever, like hey, almost as good as Whitey Willerby. Jeez, there's a, there's a there's a lot of Whiteys in the old baseball days. Yeah, Whitey is a name that has died, <laughs> and probably for a lot of good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Well, on that note, we've got to take a break and get a word from our loyal, faithful sponsor. Welcome back to Season 2, Episode 1, or 31 total, Chapter 31 in the Perlow Podcast. Let's get back to the list. Number 5 on Mathis's list, Jack Nicholas Major Titles. Before we get to that, I'd like to shout out uh, Ladson Honest One Auto Care. Um, they really helped me out <laughs> with, my, with my auto needs. Um, really enjoy their uh, service, and they really helped me out because I got like a tire that keeps deflating. Can't figure out what's wrong with it, but I mean, we got—I got to leave it on because I can't afford to get it fixed. But I um, want to appreciate their help, and hopefully, you know, they continue to do go positive after all this pandemic stuff. Anyway, Jack Nicholas's majors. Um, don't think anybody's going to touch it, mostly because if Tiger can't get there, nobody can. Um, 
And it's no matter how much, you know, Bryson's out there, you know, mainlining. And I love mainlining, by the way, as a word. I've said like 45 times. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, Bryson's out there hitting the Andro hard. He's still not going to be. He couldn't, you couldn't tame Augusta. So I don't think the majors are going to fall anytime soon. No, nothing makes my dad happier than the fact that no one will touch Nicholas's record. He is obs- – I think everyone's dad is obsessed with Nicholas when they're in a certain age. And they try to play Nicholas-style golf where they're just like, you don't hit it far, but you hit it straight. Well, but the funny part about that was Nicholas, for his time, was the he biggest hitter on tour. He crushed yeah. it for they just remember that crappy plastic Nicholas driver. Remember every kid started out playing golf. It was that cracked like plastic with like the weird persimmon head with like the four screws on it, which is where the term hitting on the screws comes from. I think it's from like Nicholas's crappy driver. The McGregor. Well, they also, what was it? 86 masters. He won when the oldest guy. Yeah. Yes. That's that. The, that is the pinnacle of most of these dads' lives. Like, boomers love the 86 Masters more than anything in the world. Oh, when he beat old Seve and Greg Norman. Oh, poor Norman. And is our, and our generation will love the 19 Masters more than anything in the world. Oh, I watched it in Texas at my buddy's ranch, and we were jumping, screaming, and our significant others had no idea why we were excited. Mm-hmm. Golf is so funny because like you're so, like it's so tense, but like a lot of it's walking. Like there's a lot of walking going it's on. Overwhelmingly <laughs> walking. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's but yet it can really because it's. I think partially, especially like on the greens, you like remember the Tigers when that that uh that chip that like rolls in, like it sits on the Nike logo for like 25 minutes before it finally rolls in. Like yeah. that that moment is so like you're just you literally catch yourself not breathing. And that's weird because golf, while it's not, you know, you think about how these other sports are so fast paced, but golf is still the one, man, just pull you, pull your heart right out, man. It's crazy. And I will say this, uh, you know, as much as I am enjoying the Tiger, Dustin Johnson, athletic people playing golf era that we're in, golf is a sport meant to be played by alcoholics with hypertension. (laughs) And I do do not appreciate these athletic guys are taking away last you know castle of fat people i love that hypertension (laughs) first of all where's hey where's craig stadler and john daly like hey give me a beer on the third hole like yeah i need my i need a cigarette right now like instead we got dudes like hey hey, this morning i got up and did a good five thousand push-ups and now it's time to go hit the range for I, 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 I i did heavy squats and a kettlebell circuit now i'm gonna go hit i want you to light up a cigarette on the first tee box. That's what I want. I want you to set your tee. I want now. you to set your cigarette down on top of the railroad tie that serves the tee marker. That's what I want. There you go. Now we're golfing. <laughs> Guys, I have your guy. Uh, Kiradek Afro Barnrat is your guy. He is the smoker. He's the alcoholic golfer, the Thailand is he guy. The, is he the Thai guy who vapes? Yes. Yes, he's yeah, your guy. I, I am a big fan of his, but he he looks – I mean, like, I'm an unhealthy person. Even I'm like, go for a jog, bro. Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> You can't have it one way and not the other. No, but he looks like a bunch of farts stole a man costume and decided to play golf. He's <laughs> his nickname is Asia's John Daly. Well, he's doing a great job. First of all, how dare you, Sean, tell – tell the colonel that he can't feel go contradicting himself as a fan that's what fans do you know what it is (laughs) run the ball no throw the ball 
No, run and throw the ball at the same time. Sir. Fire Will Muschamp. Oh, why are all these players opting out? They like Will Muschamp. That's stupid. Sir, I am a colonel and a gamecock. I will contradict if I play. <laughs> moving on, moving on, moving on. Adams number five we'll see later on Mathis's list, but they both have the same number four. Emmett Smith, eighteen thousand three hundred fifty. Yes, sir. Hive mind. Well done. Well done. You go, my man. You're first. Oh man, like no one will touch Emmett Smith's record one because nobody's going to hand the ball off like that, and two, he was just so. Cons- I mean, he was so consistent. He for the whole decade he was consistent. Now we're not going to talk about those last couple of years with Arizona, but. 90s Cowboys in their prime, Daryl Johnson blocking in front of him. You, he was going to get positive yards. He was going to go forward. Well, and no one will touch that record. That offensive line, remember, oh, Stepnoski and all those dudes like Larry Allen, like those just, I mean, first of all, that line was amazing, which they don't get enough credit for. This is how you know you're an OL person <laughs> when you've watched the Great Wall of Dallas NFL films video more than once and every time it hits you in the feels like you're watching a family member die oh, it's, ama- <laughs> it's amazing like every so time like, i'm like these were powerful men like every single time i'm like why do i care I don't- <laughs> here's my thing about emmett though and this is it because honestly and, and emmett is one of those tear the jersey off me guys like he played probably he was out there when he probably shouldn't have and that record's not going to fall because nobody's going to let anybody play that long like they're not gonna let guys like no run nobody's gonna let a running back stay out there like they did with him when he remember when he got the record and they were terrified to hand it to him again because he might go backwards and he would lose yardage it was a concern yep. like you know and i'm gonna tell you i was not a, I, this is terrible to say i did not like watching emmett run a ton because i like watching barry better i thought barry did it better but you know respect the record's not gonna fall so good for him so you guys know Frank Gore is only 2,500 yards away. God, I can't believe Frank Gore is still playing. That's Frank amazing. Gore's plan is working out. Just stay around long <laughs> enough and you get it. God. That is he nuts. He's the active leader. Adrian Peterson is 4,000 or 3,800 yards away. And then after that's LaShawn McCoy, who's like 7,000 yards away. The youngest active leader or the youngest person active that's on the leaderboard, I guess, would be Mark Ingram was 7,200 yards. But, I mean, even he's but, not that young anymore. Well, buddy, I'm going to tell you this. Todd Gurley's got 6,000. Old, old Frank Gore ain't touching that record as long as he's with the Jets. Here's a shocker. <laughs> Here's a shocker. Alfred Morris has over 6,000. He's a That seems player. right. It just seems like one of those guys he just hung around in the league long enough just to get there. <laughs> Again, a more impressive record would be the fact that Daryl Green was still running a 4-3 at the fastest 45-year-old in America. That's a, more, that's a bigger record. Here's the person There's that one. should hold the record, but his career was cut short by injuries. Ladanian Tomlinson played 10 years and has almost 14,000 yards. Emmett Smith got 18,000 in 15 years. God. Do you remember Tomlinson with the Jets, how bad that experiment went? It, well, and I won't get too off topic. In the beginning when he and Sean Green were sharing the load and the O-line, Nick Mangold and DeBrickishaw Ferguson, those guys were rolling. They were rolling. The minute he wasn't sharing the load, it, it fell apart. You kind of felt like, though, LT eventually was going to – because of his – build like he just couldn't sustain it eventually like because he was so small 
You know what I'm saying? Like he, I just, I, it didn't feel like he. I mean, I just never felt like he was gonna be even at San Diego. Like he's not gonna make it 20 years. Like that's what, and that's what it takes to get there. You got to play for 18, 20 years, man. Like that's how long you got to go to make to get there. Well, I remember early on in San Diego, he was they were throwing him the ball a shitload too. Yeah, well, that's like I mean, that's remember like Falk Falk and them when they were in when they were at uh, St. Louis, like. His whole thing was his touches, not his carries. And so he never had the rushing yards as opposed to the, just the overall all-purpose. But. Yeah. All right, moving on. Number five on Adam's list is also number three on Mathis's. Joe DiMaggio, 56-game hit streak. That's insane. It's an insane streak to me. It is. First of all, how about the fact he was more angry that he didn't get to 57 because he was such a cheapskate that he 57 had this whole promotional – High 57 had a whole promotional campaign and he didn't get a hit and like he supposedly started breaking the locker room apart. Like it was crazy. But um, you know, Joe DiMaggio, 56, the hit safely, that's a third of the season in a row you hit it, you got a hit in a game. That's impressive at a major league level. Like Wait, it's, it's just impressive. it really is. The people who can hit a baseball consistently blow my mind. Again, and let's be real, I hate that sport, but I do appreciate the skill that it takes to – Oh, absolutely. Record absolutely. And, the, and, and he fought in World War II. Like, and I believe he dated Marilyn Monroe for a minute. Yep. He yep. Married, and he, he married and Paul Simon sang about him. Where did you go, Joe? Yeah, no, I know he sang about him. I was just waiting for you to start singing. Yeah, I was. I was gonna let that. I was gonna let. You're gonna let that one hang for a minute. I was gonna let that sit there like a fart in church. Just let it sit right there on top. We all was gonna think about that for a second. <laughs> you fart in church? You call yourself a Methodist? I didn't say I did. I said that comment was like that. No, I. I like. I go up and get my communion wafer and walk out the door. That's how I rule. That's right. Once a week, I get on uh, your church's website and listen to you sing. Um, Raise you up on eagle's wings just to make me smile. Thank you, Joe Biden, for making that song cool again. He did. He really did. He's like, <laughs> and I heard a quote once at church, and he will raise you up on eagle's wings. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> All right. Number three on Adam's list. Brett Favre reappears. Career interceptions. It's never going to be beaten, and it's an astounding number of picks for someone. How many is it? You want to know? Don't tell him. Don't tell him yet. I got the number right here, all right? It is. Just take a guess at how many picks it is. I mean, I'm going to assume it's over 200. All right, it I'm, is. I'm, Drew Brees has 240. Okay. Is he number two? No. No, no, no. He's not, all right? As far as like 350? He is the only quarterback to top 280 interceptions. Favre has 336. Good Lord. You don't that's what I'm saying. Don't question Brett Favre. You will never touch that record because no one will tolerate a dude throwing that many picks anymore. Dude, that's Jameis Winston like numbers right there. I mean, that, that's what project Jameis over the over his career. He would have got. He would have gotten there. I believe that wholeheartedly. Like that's that's insane. Well, my thing is this. That's what impressed me about Brady and Manning so much is that not that they threw the ball so much, but that they never turned it over. Like. I can't – I've seen the numbers and I can't put off the top of my head, but, like, their ratios are absolutely nuts. Well, and see, when you think about, like, people talk about United and those guys back in the day, they didn't – they threw it to the other team a lot, and not as much as Farm, obviously. Yeah, they'd be, but, like, 19 and 13, and they'd be like, great season, Johnny U. Yeah, I mean <laughs> – 
I do love the old time newscaster voice. My favorite. Voice. It is so it's so on point. Jameis Winston's but, um, averaging fifteen a year. Brett Favre averaging fifteen a year. Brett Favre averaged sixteen point six a year. Oh, he could chase it, dude! Come on, somebody give Jameis. Come on, the Jets. Let's be real. If you want to be known for something, come on, the Jets. Take him on. Take him on. Yeah, I see. I think if the Jets want to make money, like if they don't really care about winning anymore, they want to make money. They need to just embrace how bad they are and try to be the worst professional team they can be. Be the bad. Be the bad news bears, man. People love the bad news bears. Yes, they oh, do. Oh yeah, they sure do. Chico's bail bonds, baby. All right, let's continue on. Let's keep rolling here. Number two on Adam's list: UConn women, ninety straight wins. And I put this on here because I'm not a sexist like my co-host, the doctor. Uh, just, so, just so you know, I know somebody who's on that team personally. Oh. oh for the oh. entire streak. Sexist and take, you're a friend with them. Hey, and I'm going to take credit for her achievement and say how great it was to watch her do it. Um, yes, because believe it or not, there is a person from the uh, low country actually on those teams. Uh, Kalena Green played at UConn during that entire streak, played small forward. Shout um, out. Yeah, um, shout out what high school? From, from St. Stephen, from Timberland High School, home of the Wolves, the orange and green Wolves. Yes, the sir. Miami Hurricane Wolves. <laughs> By the way, I can't believe we're going to get through this whole time of the podcast. You're not going to mention the Kane Mutiny at some point, so we can talk about how we're not going to read that book. No. I, you know what? I was trying to go the whole podcast without doing it, so now I have to. He's going with meat market this week. He just ain't got Hey, guys, Bruce Feldman is a writer for The Athletic. And if you're interested in college football, you should look into me or meat market. They're both fine books on college football. That's right, Bruce Feldman of The Athletic. End the check, Bruce Feldman. End the check. But anyway, go ahead and talk about the UConn women because you should, they deserve 90, all the recognition. 90 consecutive wins is impressive. It is insanely impressive in any sport. Well, the fact that, like, you're talking about, like, and that all the tournaments and all that, yes. like, I mean, that's that's multiple seasons in a collegiate sport. Like, it's just to keep that level of focus that long. That's like, the lesson thing. I mean, anybody who's ever been coached, even a little league team, knows how people just get tired. They just, and or just kids just lose it. I mean, it's 17 year old, 18 year old kids. They lose focus. But what do you do? They went out there 90 straight times and proceeded to whoop in that tail. Like, yep. and I mean, that's, and I want to say that was during the time, like during, I hate to say the heyday of women's basketball, but suddenly like, you know, other teams got good besides just Tennessee and UConn, you know, Baylor yeah. had their run, those people, you know, that's, it's impressive. Absolutely. Like I, I, I could not put a list on there without putting them on there. That's a, that's a very impressive record that nobody will touch. Sustained. Excellent. Absolutely. Yep. Number two for Mathis, speaking of sustained excellence, Michael Phelps, 28 Olympic medals. How crazy is that? Like, because th then, come on, this, you only get to compete, you only get to compete once every four years. And, I mean, that's insane. <laughs> First of all, to be, that in, be, to be that good for that long, like, and to be that many, and all those different styles of swimming. Like, and granted, he had to get, you know, he, I think some of those, or relay medals, but like even so, just to continually be that good for that amount of time and just be the absolute best at what you do, like ain't nobody gonna touch that. And also, swimming allows you to have kind of like track, you can be good at a multitude of things. And so, I don't think anybody's gonna be able to hold that. Like, and nobody's gonna be that interested for that long either. 
many when, Olympics when did he, he participate in? Four? I think four. I feel like it's four. So he when, averaged when seven goals When he and Ryan Lochte were tearing it up, has there ever been a more golden time for swimming in this country? No. And, and, and the thing is, too, he did it, too, when we knew he had – when he, like most people, you, you especially Olympic athletes, you hear about them and then suddenly like the Lolo Jones of the world, they fall apart. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't, they don't come, they don't show up big when they have to. Like he had that pressure going into all those Olympics and he just kept performing at that level. Like, he, my, you know, my most fond memory of that is probably similar to Adams. Yeah, I think it was the 08, 08 games. I feel like it was China and out in five points, the bars would stop to watch the event live. And people would go nuts when he won. It was awesome. I can distinctly remember those those nights. That, that was he, really cool. Does he hold the record for most Olympics, most medals at an Olympics? Because I feel like he one time he went for like the seven spot. Like I was like it was like an insane number. You right. know, I, I'm sure we'd like to say that, but I'm sure it's some guy from like 1928, like Jurgen Vergens, and who. <laughs> yeah. But I remember he he was swimming all he was swimming like five individuals in two relays, and like he had to win the relay had to hit for him to make some record, and they hit. And I remember people standing on a bar stool because again I was in Bluffton at the time I think, and like people were like standing up screaming for swimming, and he made you care about swimming, which is impressive in itself. Um, Phelps so, is yeah. number one. Yeah, that's impressive. Phelps number one, 23 gold, three silver, two bronze. Wow. But number five is Ole Einar Bjordalen from Norway. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Do you think Phelps, like, look, those bronzes are, like, somewhere, like, hanging off his, like, dog bowl or something? Because they're like, well, I don't want to talk about those. I don't know, dude. Based off every mouth breather interview I've ever seen him give, I don't even think he knows where they are. Well, he's got to talk about, you know, get, he's got to go do his talk to his psychiatrist online, which is what he talks about on every Hulu. Wow. 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 Yeah, it's real. I made fun of him for being kind of dull and silly. You're like, how dare he have mental health issues? No, no. <laughs> my problem is not my problem is not that he does it. My problem is that Hulu shows the same commercial the entire time you're watching. It. Like I've heard I heard him the first time. We can move nice on. Nice backpedal. Oh yeah. no. I don't. I don't care. I can talk trash about Michael Phelps. He's an American. That's why I'm here. I'm here to put the doctor in the hot seat. This is also a, a segue into the next tie cast. So yes, next tie cast. We're going to speak on mental health and Michael Phelps. Number one, <laughs> for Mathis Burnett is also number eight for Adam Bill Russell eleven championships. You love Bill Russell more than anyone who's ever lived. You love Bill Russell more than Bill Russell's family. <laughs> he's the first so of all. He's true. the ultimate. I'm going to say what the answer is to everybody who ever talks about, like, LeBron, Michael Jordan. They're like, they'll never be Bill Russell because, you know, he's the ultimate team guy, <clears throat> which he was. He was also the only 6'11 dude in the league at the time. So, there's something to be said for that. But I don't think anybody's going to touch it because let's look at who's number two. I'm pretty sure Robert Ory's number Robert two. Robert Ory. Yeah. I could have told you it was Robert Ory yeah. without him looking it up. Yeah, big shot Bob, like, come on, let's be real. And, and he had the luckiest career ever to be sent to not only the Lakers, but also first. San Antonio. And people forget, too, he won two with the Rockets when he first got in the league. That's right. You're not going to see anybody get that – have that longevity because nobody stays with the team that long. And, 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 again, people just – I mean, LeBron would probably be the closest that would get there, but I don't see him getting to that many rings. He's at four. Yeah, he's at four, and you know he's at the end of the career. So, I mean, it's just – I don't know that you'll ever see any – because I believe there's more parity. I mean, there's – obviously, there's multiple people who are over seven feet tall. Now, not just one big, huge guy. 
So no. genetically modified does. corn is I'm, definitely working out. I think LeBron's going to try to make it to his kid. You probably be I'm, I, again this year watching. I was just watching him again. To be, he's what thirty? Is he thirty five? Thirty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's thirty five now. He's, and age, out there yeah. just, he's just wailing on people. Like I mean, yeah. that dude is just an absolute machine. But I don't think he gets to ten. I don't think there's any way he gets to that many. I just don't see it. Yeah, ten, ten's a stretch. This point, just right. time. The timeline is just. I don't know yeah. going to Number one for Adam. John Wooden, UCLA, 88 straight wins. No one loves college basketball more than Adam. I, if there's one thing you know about me, it's that I love college basketball. 100%, especially the game guys. Uh, man, <laughs> dude, I could name every game basketball player of all time, like uh, John Roche and then, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, John Roche. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think Ronaldo Balkman was in there at some point, too. <laughs> oh. Devin Downey, maybe. Anyway, go, go, go ahead and give your love to Wood because he absolutely deserves it. He's Dude, we talked about the focus with the streak of uh, UCLA women's basketball, and I just something about Wooden's basketball streak, maintaining that focus, maintaining that excellence, and also doing it with a bunch of personalities that were insane. You know what I mean? Like he had a bunch of different dudes on those teams, a bunch of very difficult to manage personalities, and he got it done. And what's that? What years is that run from? Do you know? Like, is that like, uh, is that late like early 70s, I want to say. Like, it's, I mean, people, as I always think it's funny, they talk about all his championships. Now, like, well, he won, you know, I think three with, uh, with Jabbar and then two with Walton, but he still has 10 championships. So he won five without them. Like, you know, just amazing coach, man. I tell you, that might be the most impressive thing is the, the championships. Let's see here. He won. Ba, 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 ba. Oh. He won 10 titles, I think. From 71 to 73, he didn't lose a game. He won 60 consecutive games. Like, he won He won a title. He They won the national title in – this is impressive. 63, 64, 66, 67, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, and then 74. Yeah, again, three of those like – I said three titles, I know, because Jabbar won three of them, like back to back to back. And then Walton won two. So, like – but still, that's ten titles, and five of them were without those guys. Like, He's also doing this in an era where there is no at-large. Yeah, you got to win your – you got to win your conference to get in. Yeah, you yeah. got to win it. You know what I mean? He's doing it in an era where there is no at-large. The tournament's much smaller, and you have to you have to be dominant in season, win your conference title, and then go into the tournament. And Adolf Rupp is, is a very dominant coach. It's not like there were slack coaches. I mean, Adolf Rupp's around. I mean. And if you ever watch, like, if you ever watch the – there's a UCLA documentary on um, – HBO made one, didn't they? Say what? HBO made one, didn't they? They did. HBO did it. And he, um, they, they talked about the idea that UCLA was not like a traditional basketball power when he got there. And, like, he made that team. You know, it wasn't like it was like something that just they people grew up playing basketball and that was what they were out there. Like that school, he built that thing, and it just became a juggernaut all the way through the sixties into the seventies. Like it's it's just crazy how good it was. Well, it's a great record, no doubt, and I imagine the Frank Martin Gamecocks will uh, overtake that record over the next few years. To wrap yeah. it up, to wrap it up, um, Adam chose UCLA's. 88-game win streak. 
uh, in college basketball as his number one. Mathis shows Bill Russell's 11 championships in the NBA as his number one, and the most notable omission is Wayne Gretzky, 2,857 career points in hockey. I think the Cumberland-Georgia Tech game is a better omission. Yeah, I think I 100% agree. Uh, the, oh. cum- the Cumberland thing is the one that you know will never – like, that, it, that's it, just it never happened. There's no way anyone ever beats Wayne Gretzky's. I will tell you this: it's it's much. Nobody ever is going to score 200 points in a game. Like 31 touchdowns, probably not going to happen. Well, you haven't seen some defenses I've seen. Next episode will be recorded next week. And the topic will be top 10 conspiracy theories of all time. Considering, mm. our, cons, considering the current conspiracy. Why, why are we doing that? Y'all know I'm going to put lizard people in number one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a lizard people podcast. <laughs> considering the current state of American affairs, we want top 10 conspiracy theories of all time. That will be uh, our topic next week. Uh, Warzone update. We restarted our Warzone count today or yesterday. Yeah, right now it stands at triple zero. But I'm sure I will be in the lead in a short amount of time. Well, let's, then, finish, let's finish this one when we get done with this tonight. I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm playing sure, my I'm, turn right now. Well, I'm sure we will, and then we'll have to wait 45 minutes for one of you guys to get done because y'all have other things to do, like, you know, have families and talk to women and such, um, you know, like your wives. But I do <laughs> not because my wife doesn't want to talk to me, so it's all good. It works out well. Because um, we'll, 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 we'll put Gigantor to bed, and then I'll be able to play as long as I want to. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> By the way, I, the next Yukon streak will happen when uh, the Tyette gets to Yukon. Yeah, when the, the Tyette's dunking on people. <laughs> you come hard to the painter, you don't come at all. <laughs> Not in my playhouse. <laughs> Not up in here. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can at perlopodcast at gmail.com. That's P-E-R-L-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. You can also follow us at Perlo underscore podcast on Twitter. Uh, we thank you guys very much for tuning in to our first episode of season two, season or episode number 31 overall. And uh, we look forward to you and your comments and listen to us next week here on the Perlo podcast, top 10 list of the South Carolina low country. Are you guys going to say bye? No, I'm not I guess we, I, I guess we forgot. I guess we forgot that part. Yeah, man, y'all have a good y'all have a good weekend. Thanks for listening. Not goodbye. <laughs>